Hello and welcome back to Dr. Quackers and today we're reviewing Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I'm a little late. It's fine. But I got to it. I watched movies fucking when they first came out and then 60, 70, 80 years later. So I guess it's never late than sorry to review this movie. But uh, yeah, let's get into that. The newest film in the Spider-Man franchise, the sequel to arguably the best Spider-Man movie of all time, in my opinion, Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie of all time. Even after seeing this movie, I do think this one is one of the best sequels to any film. Uh, here's a very new opinion that has never been said before. That's right. I first want to say this. This is a good movie. Everyone else saying it, they heard it from me. I was the one that told them. This is a new opinion. I will say that it's not a perfect movie, but I don't think it's better than the first one or even No Way Home. I would place this movie third for a Spider-Man film, just slightly better than Homecoming and Spider-Man 2002. Now, the main reason why I don't love this movie as much as others is that the movie doesn't seamlessly mesh together. Now, I understand that they made so much material that they've split it into another part. And that's why. But if you're going to do that, you need to make it mesh better. That's that's the main thing I got to say to that. Uh, this movie is very much split into two parts. The first half, the first half of the movie is about Miles missing the friends that he made in the first film while showing how much better he is at being Spider-Man. It also introduces the first villain of the movie, The Spot. Now, the, my introduction to this character was in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon, so I was excited to see how this character would be used in the crazy multiverse story. He's a character that would work really well. I really enjoyed this version of the character, at first being the butt of the joke until eventually proving himself as the ultimate villain to the Spider-Verse. However, this part of the movie lasts a little bit too long, in my opinion. I found myself just waiting for the bulk of the story to finally kick off. This movie was does very much feel like the first half of a two-part story. Once the third act of the film started, I got super sucked into the story, the introduction to an organization of spider people who were working together to stop the multiversal problems, being led by Spider-Man 2099 or Miguel. Just when the story starts to go crazy, it ends. It just, it just ends. It has a clear ending point for when the story kind of has an ending. But, but it just ends. It does have a point where it's like, all right, it kind of feels like this is a part. It's like, boom, like, you know, like in an episode when they're like, oh, and then the, the fucking roll the credits are like, wait, come back next week, motherfucker, for the next episode. It kind of ends similar to that. That's the best way to describe the end of this movie. It's like, oh, like, yeah, that's, that's, it's like, yeah, oh, okay. Well, that was cool, but I don't have the patience to wait for the next one. So, yeah. The animation in this movie is fucking crazy. One of the, my favorite animations I've ever seen in a movie. It is fucking dope. I love how each universe and different character has their own art style, and they perfectly animate the art styles together and seamlessly. It's super cool. Now, the only art style I didn't really like was Gwen's, and it's basically because it felt very distracting to the scene she has with her father. Like, part of me gets why what they're trying to do. They're trying to isolate the two characters, but it did the opposite for me. I just couldn't stop looking at the background, plus it constantly changes. My favorite art style in this movie are the Leonardo da Vinci-style Vulture, Spider-Punk, The Spot, and Spider-Man 2099. I, they're just fucking badass. I also like how they used uh, live action. There is a cameo 
of Don, uh, Donald Glover's Prowler in, in this movie, and that's pretty cool. For those that don't know, without Donald Glover, we wouldn't have Miles Morales. So after the ending of the Sam Raimi trilogy, when they were looking to cast a new Spider-Man, a lot of people, including Donald Glover, uh, somewhat campaigned to be Spider-Man. But saying that Spider-Man isn't black, so Donald was like, "I probably they probably won't cast me because he's not black. So a writer at Marvel decided, fuck that shit, I'm going to make a black Spider-Man. So he created his own multi as a multiversal character. He created this character in mind of Donald Glover, which is why he looks like a young Donald Glover. And it was intended for him to play that character. So well, literally without Donald Glover, we wouldn't have this character. So I'm glad he got a little moment to shine in the film. That yeah, was pretty cool. I liked it a lot. Plus, I also liked how he was in uh, the previous Spider-Man movie, The Homecoming. That was cool. I like that too. Uh, what does carry this movie a lot are the villains. I don't mind that Miles takes a little bit of a backseat in this movie because there are so many interesting characters that you want to spend the time learning about. The Spot's origin story is probably one of my favorite comic book villain motives, and it's the second time a bagel caused a m huge multiversal problem, which is weird that it's happened twice, but I find it super original, and it makes a conceptually goofy character work so well in a story like this. It's a, uh, I like it. It's just kind of funny. I liked it a lot. <laughs> Spider-Man 2099 is such a menace and is a great physical threat to the character being the polar opposite to Miles in many ways, allowing the little guy to suffer to possibly save the greater good where Miles wants to save everyone no matter what. So yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, very interesting. And I like how the, uh, he kind of gets leaned in on that. The, some of the friends he made is actually agrees with Miguel. And they were trying to essentially go about that, which is why they didn't visit him for a while, even though they could travel multiverses. So I liked that. It was pretty cool. Neato. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Overall, this movie is just fucking awesome. The cast of the original film returns for this movie and does a great performance once again. The best performances from the new cast were Oscar Isaac, uh, Jason Schwartzman, and, Dan uh, and Daniel I'm going to pronounce, I'm trying to pronounce as best I can. Kal Ayala Kaluya. Kaluya? I'm going to assume, I think that's how you pronounce it correctly. I remember trying to look it up. Kaluya. I'm pretty sure how you pronounce it. But, uh, yeah, they all did great. Voicing Spider-Man 2099, The Spot, Spider-Punk. The music is also great. I, I do still prefer the first film soundtrack, but it, it, it it's mainly up to personal choice, really. But I, I do think the first film soundtrack just hits a little bit harder, but it's still good. I liked it a lot. I don't know, man. I just I fucking love Phil Lord and Chris Miller. They just make badass fucking movies. And it's, it just rubs salt in the wounds for me when I see, when I think about the time that Lucasfilm removed them from the Han Solo movie from for creative differences and then brought in Ron Howard to finish the film. What the fuck? Come, come on. I can't think of any movie they've done that's been a bad movie. The Lego movie, awesome. Claudia with a Chance of Meatballs. Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. Like, they're just fucking awesome. Banger after goddamn banger. I don't understand. I, I want I want more movies by them. I want more. Give me more. I'd love them to do a DC film. Woo! If they, if they could do a Flash film, that'd be fucking cash money. I'll be reviewing the Flash movies soon. 
and I wish that they did it. <laughs> I guess so give you a little insight to maybe how I feel about that movie. But this movie is so fucking good. So overall, I give this movie a 9 out of 10. I gave the first film a 10 out of 10. Perfect Spider-Man film. This is a near perfect Spider-Man film, in my opinion. I, I think it's better than the first Toby film in Homecoming. But I don't think it's better than the first film. And I don't think it's better than No Way Home. That may be a controversial opinion, but that's fine because it's an opinion. So if you think this is the best Spider-Man film, I'm glad you enjoyed it that much. I just think it's third. I think it's third. Third best Spider-Man film. And that's all right. So, yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed this review. If you did, I reviewed the first Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse film. And I reviewed a bunch of other Spider-Man movies and Marvel content. Or if you're, not, if you're interested in a whole bunch of other stuff, I reviewed all across the board in terms of movies, so... TV shows and anime, so check that out. It's appreciated. Also, you should drop a follow on whatever app is streaming through. That way you get a notification when I post a review. Also, also, I stream on Twitch. DR underscore Quacker 66. I try to stream as much as I can. Uh, I, I, I try. <laughs> Sometimes I can. I'm super busy, so that's why I'm still doing it. And I'm also launched a YouTube channel. It'll be different from this one. It's also called Dr. Quacker's Movie Reviews. I only have an introduction video up. I'm trying to do another video soon. That'd be pretty cash money, but you should check that out and subscribe. Uh, I also have an Instagram and a TikTok, also called Dark Practice Movie Reviews. So that's another place you can check me out and try to reach out to me on there. So a lot of avenues if you're interested. So yeah, thank you. And I hope you have a fantastic day, my friend.